Hello, and welcome to Bald Leadership. I'm Colin Pooler, and along with my co-host, Cavis Reed, we're dedicated to having discussions on leadership. It involves exploring entertaining conversations about the challenges, learnings, ups and downs, and fundamentals of leadership. Our podcast involves interviews with people from across the range of business, politics, public policy, community, athletics, and across a whole range of ages. Today's guest is Sherry Knight. She's the president and CEO of Dimension 11. Entrepreneur, coach, consultant, and trainer, professional speaker, and author of the book, Unstoppable, Seven Steps to Living Your Personal Best. We have this, this fuzzy idea, but we don't have a specific idea of what the result is. And because we don't, we're not going to get there. And when you know what the result is that you want, and you've discussed it with whomever else, and you know where you're headed, then what's the path that you're going to get there? Well, but this is why I wanted you to dive down into here. This is uh, <laughs> because you put me on this all the yeah, time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we have uh, we have this thing where we tell people to stay bald, but in your case, <laughs> you you do what you got to do, girl. <laughs> so listen, relax. You don't have to be bald to enjoy it. Well, um, <laughs> you know, um, Cabus, before I even gets going, I, I, I have to tell you, Sherry has a beautiful turn of the century home. And when I say turn of the century, I don't mean like 2000. <laughs> I mean, it's, <laughs> I mean, 1900 and like, it's, it's, it's been, what year was it built, yeah. Sherry? 1910. 1910. 1910. Wow. And, um, yeah, and it's, it's, it's absolutely beautiful. It's, uh, south of, south of downtown Regina. And, um, uh, like it, you pull up and it, it look, it, 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 well, it's her office as well as her home, but it's, uh, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. <laughs> A lot of the, the features of the, the centuries accented it or. Mm-hmm. Yes, still the original uh, glasswork, stained glass windows from from Europe. They came over from England for the house. It is quite beautiful. We're fortunate. Oh man, oh man. <laughs> so you you like uh, antiquity, like me and Colin, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> we're we're kind of like we're kind of like fine china. <laughs> we get better with age. <laughs> That, that's what I keep telling myself. <laughs> that, that, that's a, that's a lot I'm going to use. That's a lot I'm going to use. Uh, well, hey, um, so we so uh, folks, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Ball Leadership. Um, Cavis and I are really excited to have Sherry Knight uh, with us uh, with us today. And um, uh, Sherry, we're going to go easy on you. Okay. Appreciate <laughs> <laughs> that. Cavis, one of the things that that I, I didn't tell you is um, uh, Sherry has a show called Night Views, and my first time doing radio and, and being on radio was when Sherry invited me to be on her show, and I was so nervous and everything was all. She's very Sherry is very well organized, right? And I'm kind of I come in kind of like chaos and calamity, and and um, but she you know she set up the studio and um and uh, and I thought. Like this is live, right? And then it's like three, two, one, we're in. <laughs> you did great. You did a good job. <laughs> no, no prep work. No, 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 no prelude. 
like there, there's no warm up. There's yeah. no I, I don't, there's no pre calisthenics. There's no <laughs> hey here, here here's how we're gonna coach you through this. It's just like you're on. You better you better live or die by this thing. So it was. You lived. You're still here. <laughs> I'm still alive. Exactly. It was a great show. Yeah. No, that that's fantastic. And and um, so, Kavis and I are really excited about, about having you on here because a, a few Thank a few you. things and and for for folks listening to this show, um, just a bit of a background on on Sherry. She's the the founder of Dimension Eleven, which is a it has a, a number of things, but primarily a talent management and business consulting firm uh, based in Regina. Um, Sherry's, uh, Sherry's been a speaker, an author, uh, she's been an entrepreneur pretty well since when yeah. you were nine years old or something like that, ten, and ten, ten. years old, <laughs> <laughs> and, and so has, uh, ha- has a lot of experience. Um, she was, Sherry, tell me this wrong, I mean, I, I've had the privilege of being, um, president of the chamber one year, but you were right. president of the chamber as well, and, and what I'd be... Yes. You were one of the first women to be president. Second, of the, I was the second, second woman. woman. Yes, to be yeah. uh, president of the of the, um, uh, of the Regina District Chamber of Commerce in its hundred some year history and um, hundred and forty year history. So uh, yeah, it sure. wasn't at the beginning. It wasn't at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> it, was just, it was just a couple of years ago. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Sorry, <laughs> I don't mean what happened one hundred and forty years ago. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> but, but but she's she's been a trailblazer and, and cracked a lot of windows open and and uh, so so you know one of the things I really admired I got to know Sherry um, a number of years ago when I, I worked in labor market services kind of work and and uh, and, and Sherry's come did a lot of stuff in, in, in coaching and preparing folks for uh, for labor force uh, labor forces um, I, I mentioned. Uh, um, a, a couple of books she's written. One of them I've got here, and I've got some. I got some questions about uh, about this oh book. <laughs> you're, you're, yeah, so get ready. <laughs> but um, just on small business startup advice, and and Sherry has done a really great job over the years of helping um, do what leaders need is, which is which is simplify things in a way that we can execute. And um, whether it's, you know, let's not make this too complicated for you. Here's how you put one foot in front of the other and um, and, and become successful. So, uh, and, you know, everything from her designations, everything professionally that, that I hope to one day uh, to be able to achieve <laughs> to, um, you know, kind of the key principles where you talk about, you know, when you're trying to build a successful organization, it's people first. Uh, increasing performance and building higher performance, and ultimately that enhance your profit, your, your profits, and and so I'm hoping today between Cavis and I pestering you with questions, <laughs> and and you being willing to share um, is to learn a little bit about your journey, um, and uh, I got some questions about about uh, your most recent book, and uh, and and Cavis will ask you the smart questions, I'll ask you all the other ones, and and that will be. <laughs> All questions welcome. <laughs> yeah, and, and Colin has it wrong. And, and Colin, you forgot to add that she was the youngest. Uh, right. She was what, the, the youngest president yeah. of the chamber. Let's put it, yeah. Good <laughs> <laughs> one. can't leave those details. Uh-uh. Yeah. Travis, you're on my radar. I am impressed. Thank you. <laughs> well, we're, we're giving you a break today, Sherry, because, you know, 
most of our guests, we, we require haircuts to, to, to match uh, the scene. And uh, I realized you weren't willing to do that, but so we nope. let that rider nope. go. <laughs> uh. But, but uh, you know, again, thank you. Um, you know, uh, I know there, there's a, a fair bit on your on your website, sherrynight.com and, and uh, dimension11.com, but um, Sherry... You know, we, as we alluded to before, you've been in business a very long time and starting as a child to be an entrepreneur. <laughs> and uh, you've worked with a lot with executives and uh, mm-hmm. preparing them and guiding them and helping them develop into uh, to be better people. That's right. <laughs> and, um, you know, really interested in um, maybe to, to start things off. And would you be, be willing to kind of share a bit of your story? Um, don't let me or Kavis kind of t- deliver because we're messing it up. But... <laughs> But if, uh, uh, would you mind talking a little bit about your story growing up and, and, and coming to business and, and a couple of the challenges there? Because I, I, I want to pick apart a couple of things that you mentioned in your book, and I thought they were very revealing and really helpful. Uh, well, fair enough. Well, if we go back to the age of 10, it was winter time. It was on the prairies. Like most people, there wasn't a great deal of money. And Christmas time was coming, so I'm wanting to get some gifts for my family, and I had no money. I was too young to babysit. I did not relish the idea of shoveling snow, because that, yeah, that's in the cold. No thanks. And so one day I was reading a, probably a comic book. I can't remember what, but I saw this little ad, and it said, you know, just come and sell these Christmas things and make money. And I thought, hmm. I can do that. And so I looked at it and checked it out with my father. And you had to have your first order of $50 before you could even send it in. And I thought, okay, I'm sunk. Now what? (laughs) So my father said, no, 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 no. Took me down to the local bank, co-signed my very first bank loan. And at the age of 10, I was able to start my business. I did that for many years. But more importantly about than, you know, the aspect of starting it was the fact that at a really young age, I learned that when you knocked on a door and they said no, it didn't mean no forever. It just meant no for not now. Not many people in business have that opportunity to learn that one that young. And it stuck with me all the time. You don't want me today? No problem. I'll be back tomorrow or next week or next year because you probably want me then. (laughs) And so it's that aspect of keeping up with things. And, you know, fast forward there. One of the things, my very first book, right, is Unstoppable. Seven Steps to Living Your Personal Best. Well, I always wanted to be a school teacher loved the thought of being a school teacher. It's what drove me. And then, as kids do in grade 12 on the prairies, the guidance counselor, we all took this trip to the university and saw what it was and how you could get in and everything, wrote some tests, and one day he calls me into his office and he sits me down and says, Sherry, they suggest that you're not university material. You might want to go and do something else. And, of course, the tears, they're, they're right here. And I'm sitting there, and he's got his hands folded, and he's looking at me. And I said, but what am I going to do? I, I want to be a teacher, and you can't be a teacher if you don't go to university. And he looked 
looked at me and he said, well, he said, number one, he said, you apply to every university. Somebody will take you. Okay, that's fair. And then just before I left his office, he looked at me and he said, they told me the same thing. You're okay. And I went home that night and I thought, well, if he could do it, (laughs) so could I. And it's very interesting because, in fact, I just communicated with him a couple of weeks ago. I've still never had the nerve to ask him if he really meant that he he had and they had. (laughs) I thought, I don't want to know. (laughs) I don't want to know. Because that gave me the impetus to go home and say, if he can do it, so can I. But the funny part of this story, because you like laughs, the funny part is I applied to all these schools and the same school that we went to to write the test to say I wasn't university material did accept me into the teaching program. So what does that say about, uh, right? Crazy. But anyway, I got into teaching, eventually got my degree, etc., and loved every minute of it until one day I burnt out. I walked into the classroom. I flipped on the lights and went, I'm done. I don't have an ounce more energy to give. And it scared the living daylights out of me. I thought, what what am I going to do? I thought, well, you you can't even think about this now because kids will be coming in in an hour. So get yourself organized, etc. I went home that night, discussed it with my husband. Next day I walked in, and this was a day in February, right? Dull, dreary. Uh Uh-huh. Gave my, in my resignation and said, I'll be out of here at the end of the year. I didn't feel it was fair to leave in February because that's not good for the kids. But can you imagine? Because I had many teachers come to me afterwards and say, like, what about your pension? And I'm going, <laughs> really? You want to talk to me about my pension? You don't care about me being, you know, here 25 years and being burnt out for, you know, a long time, and all of a sudden it's, you're teaching my kids? Like, you don't want that, right? But that's very interesting how many people think. And for entrepreneurs, that burnout is so, so close to the top. It's really crazy. I have burnt out three times in my life. I now recognize it before it happens. Right, right. The last time I burnt out was I was laying in this bed. I woke up and went, okay, what what country am I in? What city am I in? It just wouldn't come. And then I thought, okay, what hotel am I in? I'm looking around the room trying to figure things out. And finally, after about five minutes of laying there trying to figure out where I am, I realized I was in my own bed, in my own bedroom, in my own house. Now, that's scary. So entrepreneurs have to so, so, so watch themselves because we give, right? We work. (laughs) I always say to an entrepreneur who wants to start a business, okay, you're prepared to work 18 hours a day, seven days a week for the first year. And they kind of look at me and I go, that's often what it's like. When you're starting to get things on the road, you can be working horrendous hours. Is your family prepared for that? Because if they're not, then maybe you want to rethink it. 
if you're thinking that going into business is an eight-hour day job or a four-hour day job, forget it. Do something else. Let somebody else pay you. <laughs> hey, Davis, does this not sound like a conversation we had the other night? <laughs> no. that's, that's why I nodded my head going, uh-oh, I'm, preach on, preach on. <laughs> <laughs> well, entrepreneurship is wonderful. You know that. But at the same token, you have to figure out how to do it. And that's why I spend so much time with the clientele that work with me on systems. Because if you don't put the systems in, it'll ruin you. You will have no life. Uh, this is... So, so, <laughs> so before, I get, before I get to my quest, my, the, the real questions I want to ask you, the, one, the ones that I'm going to... I don't know if you get beads of sweat anymore. Um, <laughs> YouTube says, I got a question for you. I, you know, my bald head starts to shine a bit more because it's, it's getting sweaty. But um, so you've you've been through you've been through this journey, and and how how did you make the shift then from uh, what you were doing at the time to helping manage talent and helping people navigate uh-huh. through? You know, kind of the leadership elements, because you worked a For lot that. with executives, whether yeah. identifying them or preparing them. Yeah. Well, actually, I started my business when I left teaching, because teachers kept coming to me and saying, well, I want to do this, and I want to do that, and I want to do the other thing, but I only have these skills. And I'm thinking, no, you don't. You have these skills. You have horrendously humongous, wonderful skills if you're a teacher. And so I started helping teachers figure out where they wanted to get to. And that morphed into my business. And that morphed over the years into a variety of areas. Uh, A big thing that I did and still do is work with individuals, companies who are letting people go. So they're downsizing, they're right-sizing, whatever word you want. They're making adjustments and saying to somebody, sayonara. And so I help those individuals either go back to school, start a business, retire, or most often get another job. And so that's where it came into those are the four areas where I I can comfortably assist individuals and give them some guidance. Just this morning I had a phone call from an individual saying, "Um, I was talking to so-and-so who said I should phone you. (laughs) And so we got on the phone, and uh, this fellow has a very good background as an accountant, but it's from another country, and he has just arrived in Canada, and he's hoping to get a job. I said, here's the first place where you go, and I told him where he could go and hopefully have somebody assist him there from the perspective of accounting in Canada. Because most accounting firms in Canada will want him to have a background, right? Have some experience in Canadian tax. Well, we've got some of those places that are willing to teach people because they're sort of the -the run-of-the-mill taxation places as opposed to a regular CPA. So, you know, it's just that aspect of knowing, you know, who to connect with. Yesterday I had a phone call from a fellow who said, uh, when I came to Canada 12 years ago and bought a house, they told me that I didn't need to have, because it's a combination business and house, they told me I didn't have to have the, um, the fire escape for our family. 
because they lived in the house on the second floor. And the people on the first floor, their first floor was business. And now all of a sudden the city's coming to them and saying, hey, now you have to put up a fire escape. And he's going, but if you had told me this 12 years ago, I would have done it. So what's changed? So he's come to me. I don't have an answer. I have no clue. Mm -hmm. But I was able to go to people who might know where to send us so that we can get answers. And that's the big part about being in business is being able to help people even when it's not your, your work, your job that you could help them and get paid for. It's about giving back. And sometimes we forget that. Yes, Kavis. Oh, yeah. I used to mention something a little bit earlier. I, I kind of want to play on because you really are preaching uh, today, and I'm, I'm enjoying every minute of it. Before I got into my car this morning, I, I sat and reflected on a conversation I had it with, uh, with a business person uh, last night. And the comment was, I'm concerned about the results. The, the, the whole manifestation of the conversation was about how to expand and increase his business output. And mm-hmm. at the end of it, his comment was all about the results. And as I was getting out of my car, I stopped and said, EPR, and not, nothing profound. But I think a lot of businesses and a lot of entrepreneurs get too caught up in spending so much time on what the results are going to be and never really define the expectations and the process of protocols that you call them or the systems, but they expect Mm -hmm. these magnificent results. Have you found that kind of experience that there's too much emphasis on what is the end destination versus putting it in the proper systems, defining them, redefining them, critiquing them, and yeah. then letting the results themselves take, take care of themselves? Partially. There's a, a part that, Kavis, that I believe too many of us as entrepreneurs, we forget to have an idea of what the actual result will be. We have this, this fuzzy idea, but we don't have a specific idea of what the result is. And because we don't, we're not going to get there. I I was working this morning with an individual and she wants to do this or this. Well, pick a path. (laughs) Right? Really? (laughs) I I had a lady that worked with this that said, pick a ditch. Just pick one. (laughs) You can't have both. (laughs) And and what we finally came down to was, okay, which one will you work on for the first three months? And then we'll look and see whether or not you want to work on the other one. And we'll figure out how you incorporate that or not. But you, you got, yeah, you got to pick a ditch. So that would be the first element, Cavus. But the second one is yes. And, and system sounds really hard. And, and it's not. It's so simple as how long do you let the phone ring before it's answered? Now, if somebody comes into your office and you're working with a project and you don't need or can't be interrupted, what's the process in your office for interruptions? I mean, there's simple little things. Yes, there's hard things that we have to set up too. But you've got to begin with the very basics. 
and you've got to figure out what's appropriate and, and what's not. And when you know what the result is that you want and you've discussed it with whomever else and you know where you're headed, then what's the path that you're going to get there? And there's many different parts to that. So, so I, I don't know if that answers your question, Kevin. No, it does. It's, it's a real important thing that uh, we've all heard the devil's in the details. Uh, but so many people are so uh, reluctant to actually get their hands dirty in details that we miss the obvious things that don't allow us to get the results that we're looking for. Um, and if you don't mind, when you talk about systems, it can be intimidating when people, especially entrepreneurs, because there are a thousand things going through your head, a thousand things that you have to address. Can you talk to us about what are some of the key elements to develop in a system um, from ah. defining what you want, uh, defining how you're going to operate? It, you've done a good job in your books of making things simpler. So how can we more simply define system and make it less intimidated and less busy? Well, for, for instance, one of the things that most entrepreneurs lack is cash flow. Very simple one. We all need cash to be able to function, right? But one of the things that many don't do is they don't send out invoices. Hmm. Very hard to get paid when you don't send out an invoice. So, one is develop the template for your invoice. Number two is develop the system for how you are going to keep track of those invoices. And, you know, in the old days, it was you go buy a a little book that had all of your invoicing in it and everything was numbered and yeah, carbon copy in it, the whole bit. Well, today it's on your computer, but you still have to be able to keep track. So do you keep track by name? Do you keep track by the invoice number? You know, all of those things you have to sit and figure out. And then you have to figure out when it gets done. Well, I do my invoicing at the end of the month. Oh, Okay, and do your employee, not employees, sorry, do your uh, clients, do, do they pay you as soon as you send the invoice? Do they take 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, 120 days? So you've just added 30 days onto when you're going to get paid. So one of the things I always say to entrepreneurs is 24 hours. That's it. The project or whatever it is is done. Within 24 hours, the invoice is out. So, it, you know, it's it's just that, that's one thing, Kavis, that's really, really critical. And the other, as silly as this system sounds, is know where you're going. Create your strategy. Create your business plan. I heard somebody tell me the other day that they have developed their 34-page business plan. And I apologize for anybody that has a 34-page business plan. <laughs> You're laughing. <laughs> exactly. My head went, ain't going to happen, lady. <laughs> it's just too involved. And you won't work it. You need something simple to work it. And I mean, I, I'm glad you're saying simple because I'm I'm kind of simple-minded. I don't know if I can make it to three or four pages. <laughs> well, it's like it's interesting. My my own business plan is generally a page. 
one page that says this is where I'm going. Now, if I'm going to a bank, a financial institution, and I want to borrow money, that's a different ball game. But for my plan, I want to look at it and know exactly where I'm going. And here's one of the things, two of the things actually, that most people don't put into a business plan. Relationships and health. Mm. That needs to be in your business plan. Okay, You're tell me more about this. No, tell, <laughs> tell me more about this because this this is this is um, this is critical in it, and so I'm I'm really interested. Would you mind doing a deeper dive into those two elements? Well, what if I'm running my business and my health goes? What's going to happen to my business? So consequently, in my strategic business plan for the year, I need to be thinking in terms of how am I going to keep my health up so that I can continue to run my business so it continues to support myself, my family, whomever else, my employees. If, if I don't look after me, there's going to be a problem. And most of us don't think about that, i.e. three times burnout. I learned finally, right? You learn the hard way. You never learn the easy way. I figured that one out. <laughs> so that's what I mean with that. And relationships. And when people come to me before they start a company, one of my key questions is, what's your partner think about this? Because if your partner's not on side, you really want to think carefully about whether you want to do this. Because it too often ends up in marital breakdown. Because you're not home. You're working those 18 hours a day for the first year, possibly. Maybe even longer. I mean, uh, myself, I've had the odd time where it's a 24-hour day. Something's gone wrong someplace, and it needs to be looked after now. Because clients don't go, oh, really, it was a problem. I'm so sorry you had that problem, Sherry. They don't go that way. They go, where is it? You told me I'd have it by 9 o'clock on Tuesday. I expect it by 9 o'clock on Tuesday. So, <laughs> and, and the other part of building that in is if you have children, how are you going to be there for your kids when you've got your business? So how are you planning into your year? When's the time that you're taking holidays with them? You know, in Saskatchewan, we're very fortunate. We have three weeks given holidays. So you know entrepreneurs don't have that, but you know that you can take time to be with your family. So plot those out on your yearly calendar so that there is that opportunity. And is, you know, is Friday night family time. Doesn't matter what happens in the business, I'm there with my family. Because too many kids, you know, grow up with, well, yeah, mom and dad, yeah, yeah I know who they are. <laughs> But that's about it, because they were so busy working, they didn't have time for the kids, and and that's kind of sad. Yeah, well, I I, lo I love that you're talking about this. I I, I absolutely because you know when we started this show, um, you know, Kate and I talked so much about we need to talk about the vulnerable things, the things that are uncomfortable to talk about, and yeah. you know if we're going to develop as leaders. Like these are the element. This is why I wanted you to dive down into here. This is uh, this <laughs> because you put this me is, on the spot all the yeah, time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Because, you know, we can go to business school, and, and Kavis and I got a business school, and we focus on business acumen, you know, fancy right. word business acumen. But we often miss these human elements that are really going to say whether or not we're really going to be successful in our lives. Sure. And um, so I love that you're saying that. And, and, you know, it's not a criticism, but it's going to come out like criticism. The fact that you said Unstoppable was a woman's guide to achieving success like, this should really be a man's guide for achieving success. <laughs> I'm, ser- I'm quite serious, you know, I, I, I yeah. uh, uh, because it, it applies to, it applies to all of us. And, it does. um, uh, I, I've, I've got, I've got in my hand, um, I've got in my hand your, your, your most recent book, which is a collaboration. Yep. Um, uh, Pat Iyer, uh, see, was, was really kind of the, you know, the lead on, on the cover, but it was she a collaboration was. with a number of people that, uh, when you shared, first shared this book with me, it was, you know, you, it was during the pandemic that many of you all put your thoughts together yeah. and, um, and, and, and wrote this book and it was, you know, small business startup advice and different parts of it. You talking some of the things you're mentioning right now were, were a couple of elements that you highlighted, but I, I wonder, um, and this was something that kind of spoke to me in, uh, in, in your chapter uh, that, that you wrote on what keeps you going. And you, you had talked about you know, some of the challenges that we'll face just, as, just in going through life. It would be life and leadership, life and business. There'll be some dark moments in life. And uh, you know, I'll, I'll read a little portion of it here. Just, oh, yes, there have been other dark moments in my life, uh, divorce, loss of parents, death of family, uh, death of friends and other family members, health issues, the list goes on. Like everyone, I had a choice, and I still do. I get to decide how I'm going to cope and come out of each situation. Um, you talk about how you work through those those challenges because um, there isn't a leader, whether it be a corporate leader or a community leader, who doesn't face their own personal challenges, and you know, and, and when I say challenge, it almost sounds kind of trite, but deep things that hurt, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. they, they hurt deeply, um, but yet they feel they and they know they have to keep going. Can, can you talk a bit of it more about about that? Would you be okay to talk about that? You bet. You bet. Anybody that grows up, I mean. You're going to grow up if you're already here, right? So there's hope. (laughs) And whether whether or not we get any more mature is a different question, right? That's right. (laughs) Being a male, you understand that. Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes my wife still thinks I'm 14, right? It's like, what what is wrong with you? (laughs) So I mean, you're a male. (laughs) Or you get the the comment that you have one more kid, including yourself. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Oh, dear. But that whole aspect of being here is that opportunity for us to grow. And the sad part in my mind about growing is that we generally only grow when everything goes to hell in a handbasket. And so whether that's the loss of a loved one, I've I've lost both my parents now, and that's really difficult. And I, I remember one day my mother had been gone about four years at that point and I went to pick up the phone to phone her and tell her something and I'm thinking huh it's it's that element about we don't always mentally get into where we're really at at the moment 
And it's forgiving ourselves, too, for recognizing, or not for, but by recognizing that things are different than they were, and it's okay. And it's okay to make a mistake. It's okay to do something wrong. There's two parts to that in my mind. One is it's not okay to stay there. It's an element about, hmm, how long am I going to allow myself to to worry about this, to, to think about it, to have it take over my entire life, etc.? How long? And there's no right answer for everybody. When we, when we lost my father, my mother was in mourning for seven years. And I was absolutely shocked once I realized she came out of it. I didn't see it right until she had come out of it because then she was back to the person that I knew. I didn't recognize she wasn't the person I knew after a couple of years. The first couple of years, you know, you go, okay, you know, dad's gone, you're on your own, I get it. But give ourselves the the privilege, I guess, of enjoying and that sounds like a crazy word, but be okay with where it is I am at the moment. Just draw the line in the sand that says, when this day comes, whether it's, you know, a Tuesday or September 23rd or 3000 and whatever year, whatever it is, that's the day I will move from here to here about this one topic area. Because we all do things, that, and we look back and we go, oh, I don't believe I did that. <laughs> well, I, yeah. I'll share with you, and uh, you'll, you'll love it because you'll laugh. <laughs> I ha- had a neighbor. I was living in a townhouse, and I love tortillas. So Christmas is coming. I make a whole bunch of tortillas. Give them away to my friends. Take one over to my neighbor and present it to her. And I am so proud of myself. And she kindly takes it, etc. And if two weeks later, I went, oh, she's Jewish. I just took her to a chair. So I go over and I knock on her door and I say, I am so embarrassed. I am so sorry. It didn't even dawn on me. And she said, Sherry... It's fine. My sister's Catholic, and she loved it. (laughs) (laughs) The question I asked is, how long before she moved out? (laughs) (laughs) A long time, fortunately. (laughs) Oh, dear. You know, I mean, I, I was just, oh, I was so embarrassed that I had done that. But I had. So... You know, stiff upper lip, lick it up, kid. (laughs) Go and apologize and get it over with. Or I could have waited until next Christmas and not given her one next Christmas. Like, then I'd be worrying about it all year, right? No, don't need to do that to yourself. Deal with it. I I think it's Frederick Douglass, as Frederick was saying, without struggle, there's no progress. And um, when you're building something, yeah. All too often, we miss the beauty of the challenges. Yes. Where do you yeah. see most entrepreneurs and most people that are in that uh, 
because I think you can be an entrepreneur without starting a business. You're thinking yes. your the kind of logic and the kind of uh, pathway that you use to come up with an idea of creativity. Where do you think, besides the financial, where do you think most entrepreneurs fail? Forgetting that the customer is always right in yes. their own mind. Yes. Okay, they don't have to be right, but in their mind, they are right. And so based on that, if we could remember that the customer is always right, what do we need to do to keep them happy? You know, I mean, today, today good customer service is not enough. Everybody strives for good customer service. We want this. And so how do you go about delivering it? Well, you do whatever it is that it takes. I had a chap phone one time, and one of my staff came in and said, oh, there's this guy on the phone, and he's really upset. And I said, okay, fine. So I took the call. And that, that sounds like a Monday morning. morning. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember what day it was now. But uh, in chatting with him, he, he, you know, his voice was upset. He was angry. You know, what gives you the right to send me these faxes? This was a day or two ago, right? <laughs> and so I said, uh, well, I, I'm sorry. I said, faxes don't generally go to anybody unless they have said that we could fax them. Same thing today, right? Emails don't go to people who don't say they can't get emails from you. And so uh, he went on and on a bit. And I said, well, I said, give me your name if you don't mind and, I w and your phone number. And I will check it out and see what went wrong. And we'll make sure that you don't get any more. I'm not giving you my name. I thought, okay, fine, all right, oh think God, about this situation. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so we, we chatted a bit more, and I said, well, you know, if you give me your name, I can do this, but without your name, I can't really look. Uh, perhaps if you gave me your, your fax number, I could check that. Not giving you that. And finally, it got down to, well, who's going to pay for the paper that cost for that fax? And I said, sir, if you give me your name and address, I would be glad to send you 25 cents. <laughs> he hung up. <laughs> but the customer is always right in his or her mind. I, I, I would have uh, been a little disappointed, too, because you didn't add GST to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. I should have. <laughs> <laughs> Another uh, point that you, and thank you very much because I'm getting an opportunity to get some very, uh, very good notes from you. When Kyle and I were speaking about the fatigued leader and ah. where we so often get caught into thinking that in order to be successful, in order to be perceived as a very good leader, we have to take ourselves to the brink of burnout so that everyone can think we're just this hardworking uh, individual that's trying to lead a company or trying to uh, get everything right. You touched on taking care of your health because your health yeah. is tied to the success of the business, your relationship, etc. Do you find that our generation and this current generation, there is a difference in that kind of a mentality? And if so, how can we all get to a point of understanding that our health and our personal well-being, our personal relationships are directly, are a direct influence on our business successes. That's a really interesting question, Kavis, and, and a very important one. 
from the perspective, I believe, that the younger people, they're smarter than us. (laughs) They look at it and go, well, if this is the result you want, let me do it. And it doesn't matter to them if it takes 10 minutes or 10 hours. Here's the result that you're after. Done. Whereas in our era, much of it was spent with the time. You had to put in the time from here to here. Otherwise, you couldn't possibly have done the job. Right? Right? Isn't that it? Right, right. I I remember as a kid, one day, you know, it's Saturday morning, I had to clean my room. No, I had to wash the walls. Springtime. Had to wash the walls before I could go and bowl. And I, rushing out the door, and my mother says, where are you going? I said, well, all done. You can't possibly be done. It didn't take long enough. Same story, right? She goes up and she checks and she comes back down and says, well, I guess you can go. It's good. It's the difference between thinking smarter and working harder. And many of our young people have put that together. That's one element. The other element is what we have a tendency to do is wear it as a badge I am so busy. And I've done it myself. People say, so how, how are things going? Oh, I'm so busy. Uh, and it is. It's like it's this, oh, aren't I wonderful because I'm so busy. Duh, what did I accomplish? If I haven't accomplished anything, what was the point in being busy? And, you know, my, my partner and husband, he's much better at this. He looks for, how do we do this smarter? I look for it as, how do we make it work so that everything is perfect? We are much smarter today in that we don't always have to look for perfect. We have to look for, let's get it done well. But perfection doesn't necessarily need to be there unless you're my brain surgeon. (laughs) (laughs) This is excellent. I I had... um uh, Caves, we talked about this this fatigue leader over a couple of uh, of, of podcasts, yeah. and uh, like Sherry's just nailing it. It's almost like she took notes from us or something. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting there listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, I'm so happy that she didn't take notes on how to properly prepare herself in terms of her appearance. She looks much better than this. <laughs> no, no. The, the, the other day we had uh, Dr. Craig Dowden um, on, on the show, and we just talked about using lotion. And that, 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 that's about the only that's the only product that we have to worry about when it comes to hair. Just just get some good lotion in there. Um, um, Sherry, you, you, it's a little bit of a pivot, but you talk about, you talk about your book, and, and I've, like, I've seen you in this, so um, I keep referring to book because I want people to, to know about it. Uh-huh. And... Um, uh, you you talk about a like about what I think you're suggesting is the most important success factor, but there was a success factor in business that you talk about. You began to talk about the element of trust, and you went pretty extensively on that. And um, you know, it's something that I, I think we just assume because we, we like to use those words about oh integrity and things, but but. It means it seems to mean a lot more than would you would you dive a bit into that in that element because it it sounded like it was you know probably the single pillar uh, if, if there was one pillar yeah it, it's huge 
And it's, you're right, because we just assume that people trust us. We don't trust others until they deserve it. There's the difference between the two. And in order, you know, if, if you own a business, if you're a leader in your business, and you don't have to have a title to be a leader, you're just the person that people go to because they believe what you'll say to them. Trust is earned, it's not given, and trust is something that is earned by showing, not by telling. It's interesting, when I married my husband, he brought five kids to the marriage, and I brought two cats. So it depends on the day as to who got the best deal. <laughs> but when it's interesting because being a stepmom was not necessarily easy, but extremely rewarding. I grew a lot. <laughs> and, and when I look at this, a few years ago, the youngest, which is our son, we were talking about something, and he said, you know, he said there were times when we didn't like you at all. And I, yeah, okay, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> but he said, we always knew we could trust you. You would never lie to us. You would never tell us something that wasn't true. And that has stuck with me over the years because that's what I hope I'm all about, is being trusted, that I will be honest. You may not like what you hear from me, but I'll be honest with you. If you want to know where your business is heading, I can tell you. And hopefully it's good, but sometimes it's not. And I've had to say to people, you're not going to like what I hear. Here's where it's at for you. Because if we don't do that, why should anybody want to listen to us? They've got to know. Thank you for saying that because, you know, I, this is even something myself because I, I, I want to be liked, right? And we all do. We all, we all want to be liked. Yeah. But really, what is more important, <laughs> you know, in, in a relationship, you know, um, whether I'm saying the things that cause people to go, oh, gosh, you know, I like that guy. He says the right things. Um, or do they truly believe that this is somebody that they can... Um, yeah. they, they can trust. They can trust with their with their with their business, or trust with their relationship with their children, or trust with. I mean, that that's just a far deeper thing. And so, you know, as you talk about that area of trust in your book, I, I, I thought that was um, uh, I thought that was powerful, um, and I thought it, thought it was um, you know a, a critical element we wanted to talk about. Um, but, but you know, and I realize our our, our time is is uh, starting to run short. We we always have we always have a couple of special questions at the end that, that, okay. we, that we want to be sure we want to be sure we save up. And, and Cavus usually is the one who kicks it out at there. Okay, really <laughs> in a spot. Okay, yeah. Cavus, your turn. <laughs> no, and, uh, you got to learn with our relationship that Colin is too humble to say that he's the smartest and the best looking one. Well, the better looking one, I'm, I'm good with. I'm good with that. <laughs> no, this this has uh, been fantastic. The, the biggest thing that uh, Colin and I were talking about when we first started this is how do we, and again, we're going to use the word perfect. This is a, a theory of ours. What are some of the elements or the most important element in your mind if we're building the perfect leader? The prototype. The, the prototype. prototype leader. 
what is the most important characteristic that individual should have? We just went through it. Trust. If they don't have trust, it doesn't matter what else they've got. It will be overlooked. And the trust comes from showing, not telling. And that's where so many of us forget. We go blah, 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 blah. And we tell what should be or shouldn't be or whatever without taking into account how this touches the hearts of other people. Because mm. heart yeah. is the number one thing. Uh, my husband partner, who was also the head of Coca-Cola here, he had a sign on his door that said, I care. And anybody that came into his office, he said, I had to live up to what was on my door. It wasn't my name. It was I care. And I had to live up to that because if I didn't, all the several hundred people throughout the province that worked for him, they weren't going to trust him. And that's for everybody. Do what you believe is the right thing to do. Is it wrong sometimes? Yes. Mm-hmm. But people will give you the the opportunity to make mistakes when they know that they can trust you to bring forth the best that you know how at the moment. Outstanding. I I uh, I'm so glad we record this because I can never write notes fast enough on 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 this stuff when we get a chance to talk to talk to people. Uh, um, uh, Kavis, I mean, we, we've he and I talked offline, and I have uh, so much respect for you, Sherry. Um, oh, thank just, you. Uh, uh, you know, just just from what you've done, you know, in in, in the city and and uh, your history, and you've demonstrated that over so many. So many years and, and, and decades, and uh, uh, just just uh, so well respected in uh, in the business community. So I I just I absolutely thank you for for being. Like, I was kind of nervous when I asked when I asked you to be on this show, and I thought, wait a minute, she she threw me into a sweat box when I went on the. <laughs> but remember, Colin. Remember, I trusted that you would be just fine. And you will always and, be fine. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we, you, you were gentle with me. It was, it was, it was good. It was really good. It was really good. Um, you, you know, we have uh, we have this thing where we tell people to stay bald, but in your case, <laughs> you you do what you got to do, girl. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and I I really think that in the future we should have further conversations because. Uh, Colin turned me on to your book, and I think it's a fascinating thing. There are a couple of uh, topics in there that I think we would like to revisit if you'll give us the honor. I would be most privileged to be on again. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. It's Sherry Knight, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, uh, SherryKnight.com and Dimension 11, so Dimension 11.com uh, are, are both of her websites. Uh, her book is available on Amazon. Yes. And um, uh, you know, phenomenal, phenomenal two books. And uh, so, thank you again. Glad to be here. Thank you.